Yo, episode 136 of the No Ideas Original Podcast. We got Illa G tonight tapping in with us. Should be a dope discussion. Peace, Rob. Peace, bro. What's going on with you? Ain't nothing. How you, man? I'm over here chilling, man. Nothing much is going on at home base. I can't see your screen for some reason. It's all grayed out. Because I got to turn it the other way, face my damn computer. (laughs) Crazy Uh, stuff. What's good, kid? Ain't nothing. Yo, I was just thinking the irony of the discussion we had last week on last week's episode when we were talking about the the pastor. Now you see the other pastor coming out getting mad at his congregation because they wouldn't get him on Movado. Did you see that? So what's the per- and this is and this is what I always said. Well, not always said, but this is why sometimes people have a a disdain feeling about religion, particularly Christianity, because you see these pastors and you see these preachers, deacons, deaconess, they fly as hell. What's up, Lonnie? It fly as hell. And then you worrying about a Movado watch. I think I heard a little a piece of that. He said. They sell Movado watches in, in Target. <laughs> like, you couldn't give Man. me one? Like, Yeah, yeah, he condemned them. <laughs> he said they was broken everything. Like, come on, son. Like, what? What? How are you coming at people who are using their, 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 their life savings, their earnings, to find a way of freedom, justice, equality, some sort of fairness, some sort of, some sort of prayer life where they can feel comfortable? And, and feel at peace within themselves, and you arguing with them over what they couldn't afford you? Sense does that mean? Where are we at? Is this church? Or extortion class? Like, we doing? That expectation been set, man. You know, they done built up the expectation that you're going to carry them. What are we doing, son? So, that's, that's what I thought was real sour, man. Like, you know what I mean? Yo, it's the reality of where we at, though, today. You know, like, that's what I said. It's not only specific to, to cats in the church. It just is what it is. Like, you know, people just believe that somebody else should take care of them. What's up, Ella? We gonna bring you out right now. Ella 2K, yes, sir. Yeah, man, that, I think that's, that's, that's a tough deal to be dealing with, man. But here we are. Like, what, what else is going on? Because everything is happening at the same time. There we go. Ella, let me turn my joint up. I wish we could do live on my computer. You can hear it a little bit. Right, I'm trying to bring Ella G in now. There you go. What's up, bro? How you doing? What's poppin'? What's poppin'? Peace, man. It's good to see you. Yeah, it was good. I appreciate y'all, man. Yo, How you so- feeling, bro? I'm good, man. How's everybody? You look good too, Cam. You look good too. It took 47 years to get this shit right here. You know? <laughs> this shit ain't going nowhere. Like, I think I just did this on purpose. No, nigga, I cannot grow hair on my face. <laughs> Yo, so for those who don't know, we got Illa G in the house, Brooklyn. You know, I was going to say Brooklyn MC, but yo, as I was researching you for this interview, I'm going to go with Brooklyn content creator. Like, yo, you got a lot of good content 
Yo, bro, God bless you. Yes, sir. We're going to talk about that. Web series to music. Like, yo, I respect your grind, bro. And before before this interview is over, you got to plug your ad. Because I love when you said, uh, this is where hip-hop meets comfort. Right. Come on, son. You got it. You know what I'm saying? That's right. That's right. That's right. This is the most popular shirt, yo. This signature black shirt with the logo. Both, uh, you know what I'm saying? The signature I love black it. shirt. People I love it, bro. I love yeah. it. Yo, so so let me let me ask you this. Like, you know, we have we've been fortunate enough to have a number of dudes in the industry on this podcast. And I always ask them, you know, I always say to them, like, you know, when did you know? But but in, in retrospect, yo, I've been thinking about that question and I think about where we come from. And I and what I realize is that a lot of times somebody else sees something in us before we see it in ourselves. So my first question that I would pose to you is like, you know, when did somebody else tell you, yo, you have you got something that you need to run with? Um, I, I it had to be my brother and my cousin, if anything. Mm. But I started writing rounds when I was nine years old. Damn, but that's because of them. You know, they used to like they had to like my cousin moms used to work late at night. So my right. cousin and my brother, if we go over there on the weekend. They, uh, you know, used to babysit me. Mm. So they would go out to the parties and the block parties and shit, and they would bring me. And they would just tell me, shut the fuck up. Don't say nothing. <laughs> and, uh, you know what I'm saying? And I'd just sit there. i just, you know, seen crowds, girls, everything. You know, my cousin was into battling people and everything and all that. So uh, it was, it had to be, if anything, had to be them. Mm. Right. Right, close family. And you know what's crazy? Because when I hear you rhyme, I said, Yo, this brother's like a walking soliloquy. Like, your wordplay, your cadence. Like, one of the craziest things you says, I'm crazy like a kamikaze, human molly. Just piss on the paparazzi. My <laughs> nigga, come on. I love shit like that. And when I hear it, right, and I say to myself, he must find the perfect producers. Because when I hear you on Hold It Down, I hear you on other stuff. Mm-hmm. I say, he must find the perfect producers to rhyme with his cadence and his and his word talent, like where did that come from? Do you read a lot? Um. Well, uh, you do six years. You're gonna read a lot too. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> of course. Yes, sir. <laughs> so it's just like um, I actually dumbed it down actually because uh, when I got locked up, I got into symbolisms and shit and all that. Mm. You know, it's super, super going crazy. And I always been a uh, a person that feel if you're an MC, your wordplay should be better. But right. I, I'm learning that's that's not always true. But, mm. you know what I'm saying, I, I was just on some writing down everything I learned, and I started right. talking about, like I said, symbolisms. So at one point in time, if you ain't, like, really understand shit, you would not know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yo, I I think like, <laughs> and it would be some, it would be some street shit, but It'd you be some street shit. Know nothing with the hell. All right, one, for instance, right, I used to have this rhyme. I said, uh, two snakes on the wand in a squared circle. Water could hurt you. Fire must stand vertical. And you know what I'm saying? I used to say that to people. Like, what the fuck is you talking about? <laughs> so what I'm saying is, two snakes on the wand, that's a symbolism of healing. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Medicine, that's... healing, right? The square circle. Yeah, the square circle is earth. Because if you, right. you know what I'm saying, a, a square four times, you know what I'm saying, is right. 36, this is 360. So that's, that's right. a square circle. So we need to heal the earth. Water can hurt you, right? 
because uh, you know water is really you know it's a feeling but it's also a solid if you land in water wrong you can get hurt it and cracks my own bro yeah i forgot what culture they seen water as women that's right so water right. can hurt you but fire but in the same culture fire is man also fire burns lateral you know what I'm saying? So water can hurt you, but fire must stand vertical. So all I said was we need to heal the earth. Be careful with certain women, because certain women can hurt you. But as a man, you need to stand up. And yeah. you know, that shit was Yo, let me tell you something. Yeah. The walking, the walking, the walking soliloquy, man. Is, I love it. <laughs> Yo, you just just now you were saying though, just now you were saying you learned that it doesn't that wordplay. I guess you, your wordplay doesn't have to advance. Like, where did nah, that come I, from? I was super, you don't have to be, to connect with people, you don't really have to be super MC-ish. And I, it took me a long time to learn that. Because okay. it, it's the basics of, you know, of people understanding what you're talking about. That's the whole yeah. main thing. You know what I'm saying? When I get on my MC shit, okay, that's a whole different thing. But songs, I have to reach you and make you understand and feel the same right. fucking thing that I'm talking about in here. That's it took right. me a long time to figure that out. Is that is that New York shit though? Because New Yorkers, you know, for with us being from New York, you know, we appreciate lyricism and lyricism. Yeah, and wordplay. That, it would it would be that it would be that I would say it was it's that, and um, it's just like you know, I didn't the song thing. I mean, before I got locked up, I was making songs, but I also was saying. A lot of a lot of street things, mm -hmm. and um, I remember one night, um, uh, my boy had cannabis before you know um, he went with what's the name? Um, he went with Charles Sue, right? And me and cannabis rhymed in East New York for a long time, but I was mm. like, you know, he was saying his shit, and I was saying every street shit possible, and I never forget one of my cousin people was like, yo, let me talk to you for a minute. And he was like, yo, you're going to get somebody killed. He's like, you're saying entirely too much. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you're, you're saying entirely too much. And I was like, right. so that always made me like, you know what? I'm not going to, you know, talk about the street shit. And you know what I'm saying? Because right. I, I, I can really, I was actually talking to one of my OGs about that today. Was like, yo, I can really say some real crazy shit for people to understand of what I've been through. Mm -hmm. But right. I'm learning how to say it in a different way. And the shit is right. like therapy, man. It's definitely like therapy. Yo, you know, you know who, was, who was one of the craziest lyricists to me that was like on some street shit and a lot of the shit they said went over their head? Rest in peace to Half a Mill. Like, yo, Half a Mill was crazy. Half a Mill used to say shit that was just like mind-blowing that a lot of people didn't grasp, you know, and it's unfortunate that he's not here now. But if you if you even go back and listen to the shit he was saying, like he was light years ahead of where some of these dudes are now. Yeah, I had a uh, I had an old demo that I had. Somebody turned it into a white label. I'm still trying to find out who did that. But I had a as a song I had called Thug Thoughts, and I you know somebody turned it into a white label. It was on my demo before I got locked up. Mm. I said so much <laughs> streetwise, and right. nobody, I know nobody would, didn't get it. Like nobody didn't get it back then. <laughs> Yeah, man, and, and, and that's crazy because I was definitely going to ask you, man, talk about the power of words and how they use incorrectly and how these words can alter someone's perception of you based on what someone else said. 
And I think I heard you said uh, in an interview about, I, I think someone asked you about the Jerry uh, P's book. And some of the things he listed in there, but it did, it didn't have that much of a positive effect on your perception of you because of what was said in there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it did make it did make the road any smoother. Uh, in yeah, other I, words, I hear yeah. that all the time, like bless, you know, bless the soul. Even Price was like, "Yo, son, I, right. I, I, I read the book, and it looked like you just had all the guns." <laughs> it just like, looked like, like it just looked like, and I was like, yep. "Word!" Like I'm like, "Word!" There, I was like, "I didn't listen to it." He's like, "Nigga, read that book. Listen to the book." Yeah, that and you I'm have like, the jingle locked shit. down. Yeah, I was like, "Holy shit!" Like it, it just, and then I'm like, it felt like regular to me, but everybody else was just like, "Oh, you!" I lost a show behind that book one time. Damn! Uh, wow. Somebody was like, "That's the guy from Prodigy's book." Nah, we don't want to deal with it. <laughs> That's I'm like, crazy. really? No, I'm like, really, nigga? Everybody else talking about how much they shoot everything up. I said nothing. I, I'm like, I said right. nothing at all. I never said nobody was a punk. I never said fuck something. Right. And right. Like, you don't book me like the quiet nigga. Like, you don't book me. Right. Yeah. But like, I think, I think you also said when, when people read books, Books travel to your imagination, so you you create a own, your own picture yep. of what this person sees. So you see somebody coming. Oh shit! He come. He's packing or whatever the case I mean, may it's be. A, it's a, it's a wild it's a wild thing. I remember in a club with Prodigy, Bless His Soul, and this big big dude. Like we was, and this is the first time. Damn, first time I met Black Raw, Bless His Soul too. So we was in the club, and um, I seen this dude. I, I, all I'm gonna say is I've been to been through some things, did some things. And I right. see this dude just keep staring. And then all of a sudden, I see him walking through the crowd. So I turned to P. I was like, sir, get ready. So stand out. Right. He was like, what happened? I was just like, don't worry about it. So dude come, and he's standing next to me. And I'm like, all right, let me get ready. I don't know where I'm going to hit this big nigga at, where it was something, but <laughs> it's going down. And he was like, That's right. you elegy? And I just turned and was like, what's up? And the nigga said, yo, I'm a big fan. I'm like, my man, like, yo, <laughs> yo, what the fuck? I'm like, yo, what you can't do? I was like, cool, but I was like, no, please don't do that. No, no. Y'all don't understand. Like, please don't, don't do that. Yo, so what so so what um the first time I heard you was on Hell on Earth. And it was General G then. It was then always it was always Illa G. I got locked up the very next day. Cause oh, I was okay. supposed to be on. I was supposed to be on the infamous. Also, I was on up north trip on the infamous. So I, yeah, I went back and I listened to that. Yeah, and so and that I said General G, right? And I was just saying in general, General G, ready for war, mm -hmm. and they just called me General G. But then right. I, I got locked up with that right after that too. Then I came back. They did Hello Nerf. I did my verse for Hello Nerf. I got locked up the next day. And so P didn't tell him, Dang, like, yo, his bro. name is Illa G, so they just put General G. Yo, it's a good thing you wasn't on murder music. You would have been. <laughs> yeah, because I, I said, I said, Illa's the name, two guns that look the same. Yeah. The cla yo, the classic line knowing is the handle B.I., smoke a C.I., snuff a C.O. Yeah, that yeah. everybody. Yo, Mob Thief had a knack for making, uh, make, making records that weren't necessarily set out to be party records. 
because mm-hmm. they were supposed to be street records, but they were embraced right. as party records. So every time I well, heard I, that, I was like, yo, it's party I missed the whole. I missed the whole thing. One of my people I called home one time, and they was like, yo, they playing it everywhere. And I, I couldn't feel the effects of it. I was locked up. So I was like, yeah. word. And I never, you just told me something. I never knew that was the, the, the rage mm-hmm. line on it. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was, that was the, the classic line on there. Man, so, so how, okay, how would you how would how how would you view hip hop today, knowing your history and where you come from? Because hip hop is a different animal as it was when we grew up. I mean, we there, there was a certain love for the game. Is hip hop sick? Is hip hop malnourished? Does hip hop need some sea moss? Does it need a home cooked meal? Like, what the fuck is going on in the game? Hip hop, hip hop is hip hop is still alive and well. See, the thing is, people don't understand hip-hop is here, hip-hop is strong. It's rap is what you're speaking about. Rap is when people are signed. Rap, people people that's in rap, they don't have control of really what they do. They have to deal with the labels. So hip-hop is the code. Hip-hop is what you do. Right. You know what I'm saying? That is the culture, how you dress, everything. But rap is the business, and they don't give a fuck about how you how you affect people they just know this is the hot shit this is what we need you to make something like that and if right. you don't make something like that we will shelf you and we'll move on and leave you what it is and you will owe us money mm. so it's nothing wrong with hip-hop you know what i'm saying like we got you know eclipse and static selector shout out to all of those and you know that's, to that's, that marco that's polo. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah marco polo yeah marco polo they're playing they're playing hip-hop but it's on, you know what I'm saying? It's 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 the culture. It's rap that is, it's been, rap is building up. You got a, some artists that is saying what they need to say, you know what I'm saying? And, and using lyrics is just like, it's more more about energy with rap now. Mm. Yeah, with the drill music, you know, and these young, these young guys, they, I mean, the younger generation, they're supposed to have that energy. They're young. Yeah, yeah. And, they're and, and they're, and they're yeah, and they and they they're feeling creative, and they're coming up with their own style. So you know you got to give a credit where credit is due. Yeah, you know? yeah, but you know what I'm, I'm saying? an old fart. You see, I'm an old fart. I like lyrics, bro. I need to hear what yeah, you're saying. If you some of, them, some of them are starting to say lyrical stuff, our everybody, you know, the gripe with our generation was say something. Right. You know what I'm saying say something. I wanna like even though we're partying, I still wanna hear you say something slick. Mm-hmm. You know what right. I'm saying? I still want to hear. I'm a fan of arrogance. I love an arrogant rapper. I like it. I don't, I don't, you know what I'm saying? I don't give a. I, I want to. You know what I'm saying? I want to be like, man, fuck this nigga, but I love that shit. Like, you know what I'm like I want to hear something crazy. Like, ooh, that was that was something. Even yeah, in, that was you know slick. Yeah, even in song form, I want to hear something slick. Almost, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, it's some of them that is that is you know filling us. So like, actually, the. Uh, let me see. Duh, I think it's Dub Baby. It's too many close names, but I think right. the baby is, you know, he's speaking from yeah. the chest. It's mm-hmm. a couple things, like certain things that um uh I like that one song, I got time today. You know what I'm saying? I like that shit. A money bag, mm-hmm. yo. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Um, okay. Who's that, man? Fuck that. I don't trust nobody. Like that's my <laughs> shit. Like yes, that's it's, right. it's yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that shit. That aggressive shit. Yeah, I, I ain't gonna front. That. I I do think that, that there are some artists that we currently have out now, like newer yeah. artists, that they have something to contribute um, to the culture. I want to yeah. go back to what you were saying in terms of like the um 
like the the difference between hip hop and rap and you know like being shelved as um a rapper like you you never signed like a major label deal you know was that by choice or was it just something that was just um, never thrown your way and if it was by choice what made you decide to say like nah I don't want to fuck with a major I mean a major I I had to learn towards the end I tried I, I had two two instances on the table um one of them I just felt disrespected. I'm not going to reveal what label that was. Mm -hmm. And they was just like, if they would have said it in a different way, then I probably right. would have did it because I didn't understand it because uh, right. we was going up there all the time. Shouts to Team Demo. Um, and, you know, I was trying to show them that I can do, uh, like, radio-friendly records. Mm -hmm. So they literally said, this is dope. But they literally slid the CD back across and said, this is not what we want to hear from you. Just wait for that. Just leave that alone for a little bit. Yeah, this is not what we want to hear from you. They was like, you, you know what I'm saying? And it was just like how he was like, you know what you did. Talk that street stuff you did. You know you know what you did about the thing. And it was just like, I just got tight and was like, nigga, fuck you. Like, in my mind, like, fuck right. you, nigga. Like, that street shit. Like, you want me to talk reckless? Like, mm -hmm. it's already enough. I feel, you know, it's a trap. Like, it's, you know, it's basically, that's the thing I learned. Like, in the streets, it's a trap. Mm -hmm. And, you know what I'm saying? To push that, to push that thing that they're pushing, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, nah, it's, it can't, that can't be it. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And yeah, I could talk, I could talk reckless with the best of them on the street shit, but mm -hmm. it's like, uh, if he would have been like, speak your truth, then that's different. Right, but that that the the whole you know talk that street stuff you know that talk stuff that you did make it yeah, talk you, that you, you know what you, you know what you did talk that we want to get yeah. this. I was like man fuck you you, you know, know what I'm saying and it just no matter no matter what no matter what it is right it's just a different product they want you to push a different product yeah and actually you know that whole time everybody that they signed at that time did nothing mm. so you know maybe plus I had a crazy dream. <laughs> about the head of the label and that really was like oh no. <laughs> I was like oh hell no, like, no. this ain't gonna work so so you to me you kind of have the distinction and and I look at it as an honor as being a person who probably early on in a game where a lot of people were reluctant to go the independent route you hit the independent road running strong and you and, and as a result of it it sort of became like your staple in terms of how you did your projects and everything, like, do you yeah. have, do you look at that as being a, a good thing that you've always been the independent? I mean, I, I learned a lot. I mean, coming, just coming home, I, I watched, I watched Mob Deep, how they put projects together. And that's when like 50 was out of control, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm like, oh, that's what it, that's what it is. Okay. We're just going to copy that. Let's do that. Let's do that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it just came, you know, you start learning more, you start learning more things, and you seeing how things are done, it's like, oh, okay, so, you know, let me go here, because if you go this way, and then, you know, you owe money, and I mean, Lord Finesse just taught me something recently, mm -hmm. daddy, it is a motherfucker yeah. how they rob you, man, like, shout out really, to Lord Finesse, shout out to Lord Finesse, because that was a, that was a super jewel he just taught, like a super, super jewel, and it, it made sense, because I remember talking to Prodigy, bless her soul, about 
you know, yo, we only make enough to keep, you know, to keep the budget going. And I'm like, how? And now I understand how. And it's just like, mm. uh, you know, they stick up game. That paperwork stick up game is something. Yeah. We had yo, we had Lil Finesse on the um on this podcast, and he he feet for like an hour just dropping jewels about the industry. Yo, we, right, he just <laughs> kept laying it out. Was yeah. Everybody was in. Kid Capri was on. Um, Granddaddy IU was on. Everybody and just it was an amazing discussion. What's it like? To, can you tell us like from start to finish? Like walk us through how does a person go from producing an independent project like from this from even the infancy of writing to getting it to a to the shelf. And how that's evolved over time, because I know before it was about CDs. Now, upload to streaming service, you good to yeah, go. Yeah, streaming services. Really, you just just do it. That's all I can say is just do it, and then you know learn about learn about marketing, because that's the main thing. You know what I'm saying? At one point in time, everybody was like, "Oh, I got a distribution deal," but that shit means nothing if nobody knows the project exists. Mm. <laughs> so it's just like, you know, do it. Just do it. Do what your heart tells you. Do the work. Do the work. Do the songs. Find somebody to create a sound with. Do everything. And then just, you know, put it out. Put it on the streaming site. And it's out. It's in the stream. Right. It's in the, you know what I'm saying? It's in the streaming site. So, and then it's, like I said, if anything, learn about marketing. Because that's the mm -hmm. hardest, hardest motherfucking oh. part right there. It's right. getting people to know that your project exists. That's right. That's you right. Know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, I mean, in that aspect, this is what the, you know, the whole, for me, this is like selling drugs in that aspect. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Pretty much put it out there constantly to let people know it's out there, it's out there, it's out there. You know, posting it one time, like I was a victim of it. I'm, I'm guilty of it too. Posting it one time on your page and all that other stuff, it's not gonna do it. Your content, your content is your product. Yeah. So you gotta move it just like that. Exactly. Pack it That's up, why ship you it. see me with the T-shirt <laughs> on right there. You gotta do it. You don't right. care. Like you gotta wear it. If you don't, if you don't do it, if they people don't believe you and believe in your own shit, then right. how you Yeah. Where hip hop meets comfort. Make sure you go get that. Man, hip -hop, I love that. I swear I love that, sir. <laughs> but I'm going to take, take a couple of steps back, man. I listened to your thought of the day, episode 102. And that seemed, it, it, to me, it seemed heartfelt. Because you talked a lot about your relationship with Prodigy. But one thing that, 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 that stood out to me was when, I guess y'all were in Vegas, and he put you on the stage <laughs> because yeah, I, I the, because the music, music wasn't working. Talk yeah, about that a little yeah, he bit. Worked, he worked the shit out of me that night. So, <laughs> so I was like, yo, you know, going to Vegas, can you go? I was like, yeah, I'm going. Go to Vegas. It was uh, P and Nori. Shouts to Nori. Um, Nori. Drink was, Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it was P turn to go on stage. Something happened. He goes, yo, Ella, this is my nigga Ella G. Yo, rap for him. So I say a freestyle. Everybody cheer, yeah. He like, ah, right, yo, we ready? And he's like, no. He's like, nah. <laughs> yeah, rap for him again. I was like, keep going, son. Keep going. Yeah, I rap him again. He's like, ah, right, yeah. Everybody cheer, yeah. We ready? No. You not? No. Keep hey, going. Ella, rap again. Rap again. So I was like, yo, what the fuck is this? I did. Somebody bought me a sandwich or something. Like this is. <laughs> 
But it, it was dope, though. I, you know what I'm saying? I, I've recently been in that area. And it, you know, gave me flashbacks. Like I was just like in a trance, just thinking about the whole thing of being out there. Then I went to the place where uh, Tupac was killed, the street wow. the area, and all that other thing. So it was just, wow. it was, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. Yo, I, wow. I, I appreciate what you was just saying about you know just doing it because, like again, like just you know listening to your music and watching the the web series and everything. Like I got that from you. Like you a dude that's like, all right, I got an idea. I'm a producer. Like, you're a deliverable type dude to me that if you say you're going to do something, you're going to do it. You're going to make it happen. So and I, and I think right. that a lot of times um, there are people that are creators, but they're creators and they get stuck in their head around the production aspect of how they're going to do it. And they never actually come up with the deliverable because they spend so much time, you know, yeah. trying to trying to get it together. Um, so I, you know, I appreciate people that's like delivery oriented because me and Rob, yo, this podcast just came out of during the pandemic being like, yo, we want to do a podcast, you know? And we, of course, we had conver conversation about what it could be about and who we, we would want to talk to. But at the end of the day, we was like, yo, we got to have content. We got to, we got to have episodes. We got to talk to different people. You know, so I respect that about people that's content creators or just people that just like, yo, all right, I have a dream and something I want to see come to fruition. I'm going to figure out how to do it. Right. No, right. So salute to you for that. Tell us about Appreciate how you and how you and P um met. Which P? Prodigy. Wow. Yeah. And I want to hear about how you and P Sean Price met too. Uh, Prodigy, <laughs> we went to school together. I met Prodigy because I was gonna rob. Mm. So we both were, we both was in the um, high school of art and design and um, okay. Um, you know, for for Brooklyn at that time, it was just like your know, P had like chains on. And, you know, at that time, it was just like, yo, you need to earn, you need to earn that. Like, you just can't, you know, I always felt everybody, you know, was like hip hop, they would wear it for the culture. And in Brooklyn, you had to earn to wear that shit. So I had a bunch of rings on. And I seen them and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, so I'm taking this chain. I'm taking them shits. And then uh, a friend of mine met him and it was like, yo, nah, son is cool. And, um, <clears throat> Son is cool, and you know, I met him. We talked, and came my brother. Mm. And you know, I seen them, you know, go to Coney Island, do the demos, and all that other shit. And you know, what I'm saying like the rest is, the rest is history. The rest is history. And Sean Price, how how you end up meeting him? Sean Price, I seen an interview where they was like, Elegy and Sean Price has similar styles, so on and so forth. I don't think so. I personally don't think we have similar styles. No. And um and so we was in the same studio. Plus we have a mutual friend. Shout out to uh experience for team demo. And it was just like, yo, you know, we should do a song together. He said, mm -hmm. Cool. Opportunity came. We did the song, Price to be Ella. Then it, you know, we wasn't like super friends after that. Then it just like over time. We just like got cool, started going to studio or whatever, and that became my brother also. It happened organically. It wasn't mm -hmm. forced. It wasn't trying to chase nice. me down. It's like, oh yo, please Sean, be my friend. Like it was none of that. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. You know, I, I, I coined you the Barry White over beat production. Because your vernacular is crazy, so you sound like Barry. Your shit and that's what attracts <laughs> that's what attracts me to listen. Cause when I heard Hold It Down, I'm like Who's this this gorilla sounding grizzly bear dude? And, uh, and, uh, I killing don't, it. I don't hear it. I, I really but don't hear it. Killing it. But killing it. As from a production standpoint, 
I agree with you. I think you said that um, you would love to work with Alchemist. I would love to hear that project, yeah. bro. Yeah. If that if that ever could happen, but who who would you see yourself working with or would love to work with that you um, haven't worked with? Um, I would like to definitely would like to work with like Crisis. Um, Crisis is dope. He just did a joint with Mussolini. That's hot. Yeah, it's real Crisis, dope. Like, Crisis. Um, I would love that. The crazy as it seems, I would love to have a full project with Havoc because be that, like you know being around them was the that makes was, sense. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was like the the full sound, and it, you know, Havoc was the one that was like, yeah, I don't think you should go out of town. Stay home, stay home, bro. Stay home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but at that time, you know what I'm saying? I really, well, that's a whole different subject. I'm never even gonna talk about that. But um, Havoc Crisis, um, of course, Alchemist, a full project with Alchemist. Um, like high tech. I, I, Ooh, I like high tech. High tech. Uh, high tech. Now, that's a, that's, that's a name you haven't heard in a tech. minute. Yeah, high tech, yeah. just blaze. Um, um, All right. Whoever's out there listening, you listen, man. Call these people up, man. Let's get <laughs> Illa G. Let's get Illa G in the booth yo, with them guys. Yo, man. Illa. Kick Capri in the room. You should get a track from Kick Capri, too. Kick oh, Capri got fire. Kick Capri, the legend. Of course. Let him come up with something like some soulful violence. It got to die. I don't play with nobody beats. Old beats got to die. Murder them shits, yo. Murder them shits, yo. Yeah, it got, everything got to die. Like, I have a whole, uh, you know what I'm saying? Got to go. Kid said, did, did, you, did you hear his album, The Love? I listened to it. No, I didn't hear I will go check it out after this interview. I definitely will go check it who out. You, who's, who's, <clears throat> who, who did production on um, Social Graffiti? Because... A lot of the a lot of the music on there is crazy too. It's like uh, a lot of different people on social graffiti. Um, like I had something from it was just a lot of different people. I can't even remember ever mm -hmm. a lot of different people on social graffiti. But social graffiti was my revenge album. Mm. So mm -hmm. for some reason in my mind, I thought people were saying I couldn't rap. Nah. So I was just Hell like, no. you know what? <laughs> Who the fuck are they? Hopefully they're not on here. I, I, oh, so I was just like, you know what? Everything just gotta go super overhand and i was just like that that was social graffiti was my revenge now i i, I look because i a lot of it of course i heard on the streaming service and on the streaming service on title it doesn't show like the producers so i'm like yo who's doing these beats because all the beats the beats was crazy a lot, a lot of them is called my people crummy beats out of virginia okay uh shouts to crummy beats like uh yeah yo crummy like crummy team demo um, my boy Juice Pola, um, we all try to, you know, I, I try to create a, uh, the, the hood lower version of like Puffy had the hitmen. Hitmakers, you know, yeah, try to, son. I try to, you know, get a crew together and these yeah. dudes, these dudes get me excited with the, especially goddamn crummy beats. Uh, you know, the, the violence they make, it just makes me go crazy and, and, even like Jules Polar, like all, all of them, Team Demo, like everybody just, you know, Team Demo is the one that was responsible for bullying and the bracelet when I first mm. came home. So, you know what I'm saying? It's just, and everything just got to die. That's all. Every, everything must die. You got to lock in, though. You got to lock in with Kid Capri in here because Kid Capri got some heat. Oh, uh, please, brother. You know what I'm saying? Capri. Holla at me, DM me. I don't know what we got to do, but you know, <laughs> I, I haven't got to go. But you know, 
If you allow yeah. it, yeah, that, that shit got to go. Yeah, I'm going to... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Capri, if you don't know about me, ask, ask Lord Finesse about me. Yeah, I know. I'm sure Capri knows, Capri don't miss a beat. Capri got, he got his ear to the street. He know. Kid Capri, no, he got his ear to the street. Yo, I want to switch gears for a second and talk about the um the web the web series, New York Minute. How did I guess what inspired you to create a web series? And just so people know, so you were you wrote you wrote it, mm -hmm. you directed, executive produced it, probably cast it. Know everything. Yeah. All the stuff. I, like, I learned I learned about blocking everything. Um I, that basically was about me. Like the character Deuce is lightly based on me because okay. when I first came home from jail, like, you know, quite a few friends wanted, you know, thought I was going to get back into the whole street thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, one of the rules that I learned from the OG, the second bid hurts the worst. Mm -hmm. Why? Because you know better. Because you know better. Yeah, so you know better. So, you know, a lot of people don't understand the street life is a trap. And, I, you know, I know that's what they left us with. So, um, and whoever wrote that, um, Body Music is my first project. And shouts to you for even knowing that. That's like when I <laughs> really, really first came home with Body Music. Um, um, yeah, so it was loosely based on a guy coming home from jail, finding out that, you know, the street life is a trap. And he wanted to change his life. So that's how Deuce was. And he has friends that, you know, you know, they they, they just like, yo, we started together, we finished together. And, you know, mm -hmm. everybody right. had their own lives that they were dealing with. Deuce wanted to enter the game, but he was just such a piece of shit before he got locked up that, you know what I'm saying, a lot of people don't believe that he changed. People don't, you know, you know he, he did a lot of dirt to people that he wanted to correct and he wanted to try to make things right, but you just right can't. Yeah, you mm. just can't. Certain right. things you just can't correct. And he just wanted to do the best he can again before, you know, and help his friends get out the, the, the life of crime because he knows where it goes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So right. I'm, one of the things that when I look at that, like, I love, I love watching web series. I like watching the movies on Amazon Prime and all that. Again, because like I was saying earlier, like, I'm a deliverable dude. I like to see people who have a dream to bring something to life, actually make it come to life and, you know, see it through. One of the things that always, I always wonder about this stuff is that when you have like these productions that you starting up and doing these web series and everything, it's gotta be very difficult to probably get people to buy in and see your vision because not everybody's process oriented. Some people are like, all right, you know, we, I want to shoot this. We know we need to get a deal. We need this, we need that or whatever. Like, what did you do to actually get people to buy in and see your vision and go along with you to do this? Just grab a camera and shoot. How about camera that? And film. The first season, I, first season, I had no fucking clue what the hell I was doing. I mean, when I was locked up, I read a book on how to write characters. Mm -hmm. I know to give my characters a goal. And mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Give them, if you give them a goal, then people will buy into it. Because after a while, everything is good. When, you know, you're just sitting there. You know, everybody think it's about, you know, just hustling and all that. Nah. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what I'm saying? New York Minute is about change and how hard it is to change in a hostile urban environment. And that's not right. easy. You know what I'm saying? That's right. that's not easy. Because when you come from the era I came from, I'm a I'm a, like eighty nine, like eighty nine, my era is like eighty nine to ninety six. 
Mm. And it was right. that was a very you know all, most of every time was a dangerous time, but it was a real dangerous time. There was no cameras, nigga. We had shootouts for like 15, 20 minutes. Mm. And you know what I'm saying? Really, and police didn't show up until everything was over, until we broke out. <laughs> That's so, a fact. You know what I'm saying? This is a time of like everybody's like almost like some cowboy shit. Everybody's walking around with hammers and, oh, you know what I'm saying? And so, you know, it's, it's about, I remember coming home and you, I figured out how we got into shit. One, you didn't have nothing going on in your life. And you're bored. Mm -hmm. And so when you're bored, you get into shit. And that transition of like, all right, I know it's boring. Okay, let me jump into that. You can't do it. You can't do it. You have to do something better. You have to put, give yourself right. a goal every time. Every time you achieve a goal, make up another one. So you can right. go for that one. Because, about you know what I'm that? saying, like, after a while, just looking and studying, they say that most people that have issues is athletes. And because once you make that goal, a lot of people get depressed because what are they fighting for after that? They don't give themselves another goal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's right. And they Tim say the double. My sis, hey, mama. <laughs> Shout out to you, baby. Um, like people, people say the devil's playground, and you know, the idle mind is a devil's playground because yeah. you, you're leaving your imagination to the environment. If the environment is not conducive to anything positive, you're naturally going to follow what's going on in the yeah. environment because you become a product yeah. of that environment. So that happens. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So and this is what they left. You know what I'm saying? This is what they left us with. Because if right. I, I would have knew about, like I, I'm teaching myself now about being uh, financially literate. And if we'd have knew about that shit back then and the economy and all this other shit, they can't fucking touch us. They know we would blow out, blow them out of the water because we did it before with Black Wall Street. Mm -hmm. And that's a plan for them to destroy that. You know what I'm saying? And there was more than one Black Wall Street. So it's just that, you know what I'm saying? This was left to us to have the school thing. And, you know, not a people. I used to cut, yo, if you can ask anybody, my nigga, I was Gita Barber. I cut mm. him. I was Gita fucking Barber. You know what nice. I'm saying? And the fact is, like, no one, not even my moms, no one, you can't blame them because they didn't know. No one said, Ella, get an Ella, get an LLC, go to what's the name, save up money, get a loan, and get a, a shot. Yeah, no get a shot, knew. get a store. Part. I didn't know how to do it. No one knew how to do it. Yeah, that education wasn't in our hoods like that. No, they, you know, no, nobody, made, nobody made it out to say, hey, young man, yo, you should have, since you got this and everybody come to you, get a business. Yo, have you know, if, let's, let's save up your money, get an LLC, this, this, and this. No one told us that. We didn't know. So that's, that's why I try to preach that to my sons and friends and all that shit now. Like, yo, it's important. And that's why you see a lot of younger, despite what people may think, a lot of younger, younger generation are doing very well Yes, sir. Money yes. illiterate. And yeah. That's, yes, sir. that's very that's important for us. Yes, sir. Very, very I wonder. important for us. But, yo, I wonder. Um, real quick, Rob, let me say this. But, yo, mm -hmm. yo, yo, Ella, I will say this, though. I think we did have the business acumen. I just think that we didn't apply it to legal, legit business. Because you think about, like, yo, people, the stuff that people was doing in the street, they were running organizations in the street. Yeah. It was business. The sad part is I've learned a lot. Here's the, here's the, for me, if I can turn it into street shit, I understand it. And that is fucked up. But that's how I learned that's the game. Right. I'm like, oh, basically a loan ain't nothing but loan sharking. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, you made it make sense. Yeah, one of my favorite shows is fucking, um, 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 one is The Profit and the other one is Shark Tank. <laughs> the Profit Pro and Shark Tank. Shark Tank is good. Like, Nigga, that's loan. 
all that is is loan sharking. Mm -hmm. they, they, and that's what made me feel like, okay, these dudes are millionaires. If these motherfuckers are millionaires and they still getting up hustling, letting their money work, what the fuck am I doing? Talk Why, about I, it, I, cannot, I cannot say it like, despite way anyone, yo, I don't play, I don't have a PS4, PS5, or PS nothing. I don't have none of that shit. I don't play none of that shit. I'm entirely <laughs> too broke to be sitting there playing that shit all day. That's how I feel. That's a fact. I feel you on that. I'm trying That's to, right. you know what I'm saying? I still, I still live in the fucking projects. I'm not like, I'm trying to get out of here. I want to start a business. Mm. I'm going to start it and, and I'm, I will not stop until I do. Right. That's right. That's right. And you're going to do it. Yeah. I want to change gears on, on, not on the podcast. We're talking positive. But there's something that you talked about. I think it's something that you're doing called Beautiful Lies. Talk about that. Uh, beautiful Lies is a thing. I want parents to communicate with their kids. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, my mother, bless her soul, turns out, you know, my mother was had a hell of an attitude. And mm -hmm. she wasn't very communicative. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like uh, a lot of us, you know, um, you know uh, for selfish reasons, there's things that I wanted that I couldn't get and I couldn't understand it. And by my mom saying that she couldn't do it made me feel that I was a burden. Mm. Okay. So that's what well, most kids most kids do feel that way. Most kids yeah. do feel like that. So that's that. what made me start, you know, not knowing better, not really understanding what's going on. And I was like, well, I need to do things on my own to get that. So a lot of things come from parents not really explaining things to their kids. It's just that I'm the parent, you listen. And if you things were more explained and, right. you know, you let them know what your goal is, like, look, I can't afford this right now, but look, this is my goal. I want to go for this and this. Like, once again, you can't blame it because a lot of parents just like, hey, I'm here. I'm comfortable. I'm not looking to do anything else. I'm mm -hmm. not looking to start a business. I just want to be right. comfortable. Man. So, you know, it's you got to speak, speak to your kids. Know what they're doing. Ask them what's going on once in a while. You know what I'm saying? Right. You ain't got to be nosy and demanding and all the time. I mean, of course, they need to understand the child being at a child's place, but mm -hmm. explain to them. Grab your, you know what I'm saying? Grab your kids. Right. I got two boys. Excuse me. And, um, you know, I, I take them and make them understand, yo, what's what's an asset and a liability? Mm, you know what I'm saying? Go. When you look in the mirror, what do you see? What is your there plan you for this? If you get this toy, does this is this an asset or is it a liability? Mm, you know, that's what, right. so you know, so you need to understand that once it's in your mind, like what what are you gonna do? You know, right. and, and just let them know, like, look, I, there's so and so things I just can't do it, and I'm not gonna do it because that don't what's the name? That's not. I don't think that's productive for you to have this right. at this point in time. Mm. But you can do this. You know what I'm saying? I don't want you. You know, yes, I want you to get a job to understand what it is, but I'd rather you learn so you can then move forward to having your own business. Right. And I know what, and that's the trajectory we need to go on, man, because children are naturally revolutionaries. And the reason why they're revolutionaries is because revolutionary or revolution implies change. Revolution means change. And these children are evolving every single day. So you got to have an open communication line with them, starting with home and starting with your parents. And if that would be better, yeah, they'll feel a lot comfortable going out and feel a lot comfortable about sharing some of the insecurities, things they're fear of. Why is this happening? Yeah, and you create yeah. a better bond, man. Yeah, you get you get a hell of a bond with them. You know what I'm saying? Like it was it wasn't no, you know, my, my my older son, he had a couple of, you know, he wanted to kind of attempt to do street shit, 
I mean, you had to mix both with a little threat and a little love. Like, yo, you do know mm -hmm. I know a lot Stop of people, love. man. That's right. You know what I'm saying? You do know I know a lot of people. And, if, you know, one of my people catch you wrong, yeah, I'm going to fuck you up. And I'm going to tell Period. them to fuck you up, too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, and, right. And Take it back still, that, right? Take it back there. <laughs> yeah, and you still got to explain to them, but like, yo, it's not worth it. It's just not worth it. It's, it's just plain and simple. It is not worth it. You know what I'm saying? You sit there, look dumb in the face. Hey, man, I like women. I don't want to be around niggas all day. And that's what right. jail is. You're going to be around right. niggas all day. Sweaty, musky, people lying, telling shit that they ain't fucking do. Niggas that, for what? It's not worth it. For what? A name? For a couple right. of dollars, you're not going to make it. Beth, VA, what's good, mama? And you know what I'm saying? It ain't, it ain't going to make it. You ain't gonna, it ain't gonna make it. There's very rare. Only person that made it out is uh, Frank Matthews. Yeah, right. Yeah. And that's about it. Everybody else, you did. You ain't too much, too much make it out. Unscarred and unscathed. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, I actually, it, nah, it's just, not, it's just not worth it, man. It's just not worth it. So communication yeah. is key, man, and it's yeah. important. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. When you communicate mm -hmm. with your child. You start to and you start to imply trust, and that's yeah. what you want. You want the trust value to happen because it's a lot of non-trust out there between parents and kids. Is why kids turn to rebels, and once a kid starts to feel like he got to learn on his own, that's it. That's yeah. that's a thin line to get him back. You know what I mean? To listen to what you got to say. So, but, shout out to you for creating that project, Beautiful Lies, bro. Yo, yeah, you know why that's you know why that's rough for us though, because it's it's in our, for us. It's a now it's a two way street. That communication got to be a two way street. But we were raised yes, in a generation where what yo you know your children are, are, are to be seen and not heard. Not heard. So that di <laughs> that dialogue didn't really exist. Like what your parents were saying was sort of the law, you know. And that was it. There was there was no back and forth about. You, I mean, even think about it now. Like there are conversations now that people have with their children around depression and everything, you know. In our day and age, I never heard nobody go depression. to their parents and be like, "Yo, I'm depressed." Right. You know, maybe we didn't have the language. Maybe we didn't have the language back then. But I, I do definitely think that, you know, like what Rob is saying, like, you know, kids are responsible for this, the evolution and, 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 and pushing us forward. Like, even if you look in today's industry, you know, in the workforce, the things that once appealed to us don't appeal to kids anymore. Right. So for us, it was like, yo, you get a good job, you get benefits, you get good pay. You can retire, but now you got kids that's like, yo, all right, what's the work-life balance? Like, you know, why this got to be a 40-hour job? Do I need to physically yeah. be here? Can I work from home? Can kids are already CEO, yo. I think I always <laughs> felt like that. Like, I have that old 40-hour shit and all that other. Like, I always mm -hmm. felt like that, but that's just what was taught to us. Yeah. And that comes down from the line. Like, that generation is broken. But still, right. if you have the knowledge enough, explain it. Mm -hmm. explain it even if you, you know certain things because a lot of things kids get into because kids are cruel and you know we're caught up in fashionable stuff and so on and so forth <clears throat> excuse me you know what i'm saying you caught up into all that other stuff and that is you know you just no one wants to be joked on nobody wants to be Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? All that other Ridicule, stuff. And it comes down to that. It's like, oh, I can't have the Louis. I'm going to be called a bum out here in the streets. I can't have that. But the parent needs to explain. That doesn't make you, that's not going to make you a better person. Right. Speak, speaking, right. speaking of having a language now, how do you think mental health 
has impacted people in the hood. Yeah, mental health is a mental health is a motherfucker. We all have mental health issues. Everybody got because it was raised. PTSD, stuff. We all got that yeah, shit. Yeah, so. I got PTSD. I have PTSD. Terrible. I can't be in a crowded place. I automatically think violence. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'd be very quiet about it, but I'm just, my whole mentality is we got to make it home. Right. Like, it's a lot of times, it, it took me, it took me a while to calm down a little bit, but it's still there. It's still there. My back is against the wall, and mm. uh, honestly, I'm ready to punch somebody in the face. No matter <laughs> if it's nice, you know what I'm saying? It's, I'm fucked up. I'm, I'm fucked up. Like, it's, it's just, a nigga got PTSD. And also, it's how we was raised. Because that, you know, a lot of people need to talk to their parents. Because right. you don't, you don't even realize how angle. your parents, you don't even realize how your parents was raised. I didn't right. know my mom, you know what I'm saying? I ain't find out about my mom's fighting a lot until after she passed. She I ain't got. find out until my mom's fighting a lot until after she passed. I had to speak to my aunt, like, yo, you know, you know, I one of my cousins pretty much snitched to was like, yo, your mom's fought a lot. And you know what I'm saying? And I, and I wanted to understand why. Like, why are you like what? that? Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. I didn't get a chance to speak to her and ask her. Right. I didn't get a chance to speak to her and ask her. So, you know, me and my homeboy, you know, shout outs to uh, my boy Sun Spoon. And um, we went to high school together. We were fucking people up together. And come to find out, it was just, you know, how we was raised. And we had to get to figure out how, you know, like his pops was raised different. And he understand how, you know what I'm saying? After you get there, you're like, wow, I didn't understand that. Because it, wasn't, know. it wasn't explained. You didn't even right. ask a question. Like, you know, I used to ask my moms a question. I used to get, boy, get out of my face. Yep. How about that? <laughs> how about that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She didn't really, we didn't really have that connection of talking. So I always try to tell my boys, like, yo, whenever you want to talk about something, ask daddy anything. Mm -hmm. Ask me anything. I'm going to tell you the truth. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going to let you know the reason why for this. The most, the, um, the most, the best thought out answer I could possibly give at the moment. Yeah. I mean, you think about it like we also come from a time where, you know, showing love or, or people not having the ability to verbalize their love. So it was, a, you know what, my love is that I kept a roof over your head. I got you the new sneakers. You got a place to sleep. You know, yeah, you know, yeah. people, people don't understand that. People don't understand that love. I know people that went through that. You know what I'm saying? It just comes off aggressive and so on and so forth. But that, again, goes down to talking to your parents to understand how they was raised. Mm -hmm. Instead of like, you know what I'm saying? All, all we got was just do as I say. And, you know, I answered to that. I was like, oh, my God, this person, like, Jesus Christ, I, get the fuck out of you. You just trying to, you trying to fuck my own shit up. That's just, a fact. That's so a it's fact. Just, it's just really communication on both sides. Please talk to your kids. I had a few women hit me up. was like, yo, she, you know, I remember this lady was saying she had two boys, and that video helped her out with explaining to her sons, like, look, right now I can't do this. I can't get you to what's the name doing it, but it won't change you. It's mm. not going to change who you are. You're still going to be a good person. If they don't understand that, and she said, her son calmed down. Mm. And it, you know what I'm saying? It was like he wasn't Change really the into, it, changed, it changed the thing. And that, that fucking made me feel amazing. That right. That, <laughs> of that talk, because I'm, you know, that was created because. I didn't do like my pops. My pops ain't teach me about women. Only thing I learned from my pops was you don't buy jewelry to be scared to wear it. He didn't teach, he didn't teach me about women. 
He ain't teach me about women. He ain't teach me how to talk to a woman. He ain't teach me about business. He ain't teach me. My mother didn't teach me about business. My mother ain't teach me about talking to women. None of that. So we gotta that that communication shit is a must. That is a must thing we must do. Yo, you should put your pop slogan on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yo, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, with the nah. t-shirt. I, I would never forget that he had a diamond ring that was crazy, and I was like, "Oh my!" Like I was so, I was small. I kept looking around like somebody was gonna rob him. Like, yo, you not scared to wear that? He was like, "Look, you don't buy jewelry to be scared to wear." It. And I, that shit just changed my whole demeanor. Like, whoa, right? That was that. I was that's, like, right. that's crazy. Oh man! What, what, what other things, man? Because you have a vivid imagination between the New York Minute. Uh, I think you got hip hop chess going on. Let me ask I'm you trying, this: I was trying to get that. that I love chess. Actually, I'm fucking watching chess right now. All that thing, <laughs> and uh, I, I fucking love chess, man. I, I love chess, and I, I just got to learn to too. Like a, I would love to do like chess and interviewing people at the same time, playing the game or just playing the mm. game, and you know. That is a it is a hell of a thing. Like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, um you know, reading books on it. Just take you know, your advice and do it. Just take your own advice and just do it. Film it. Yeah. No, I mean I, I wanna do it, but I can't I didn't ask a couple hip hop people to play chess. Um, you know, I, I guess I'ma just try to reach out to the jizzle, but I can't play the jizzle. I, I can't play the jizzle every game, all game. Like yeah, I wanna play different people. <laughs> That's uh, right, man. We got a question. That's it's right. that when is New York uh, Minute coming back? Well, thanks to fucking COVID and uh, a lot of things that's going on, um, we we started back filming, getting things together. I'm trying to learn how to write better mm. uh, to get more deeper into the characters of the um, of the show. I'm trying to explain things of, you know, a lot of things you learn of why, you know, telling the story, telling mm -hmm. a good story because, you know, correctly you know because i'm competitive as shit i talk a lot of shit and i'm just trying to i'm trying to body everything i'm trying to body everyone and everything so you know what i'm saying like, leaving no know, witnesses out here yeah some sometimes you know sometimes you gotta you know pull back and get it straight mm. get it straight to you know i want it to be powerful like it's you know i i honestly i like when crazy ass women run up on me and be like, yo, who's so and so? You know, I had an issue one time. Um these uh these girls ran up on me and she was like, um, can I ask you a question? I was like, what's up? She was like, uh, when is season two and who baby is it? And I was like, Ooh, <laughs> she was like when is season two? Said it twice. <laughs> when is season two and who baby is it? And I was just like, I can't tell you that. She's like, don't you write the show? She's like, yeah, I write the show. She was like, yo, let me tell you something. It better be Deuce's baby, because if it ain't Deuce's baby, I'm not fucking with Simone no more. She a bird. And, uh, uh. and then just changed her mind. Was like, yo, I love Simone. She reminded me of my cousin. And I was like, yeah. oh, she is, this is crazy. It was like super crap. I was like, you do understand this is just a show, right? <laughs> this is like this is just But it's impactful. Just a show. It's impactful, man. Yo, you know you know something though? Like it, it's funny you talk about like the um the character development because one of the things that I do like about it is that it's not it's the right amount of characters. And in my opinion, there's been the right amount of character development that has actually been 
put in place. Like I watched a lot of Amazon Prime movies, especially during the pandemic. And one of the things that used to drive me crazy about it is that it would be like 40 characters and only eight of them were relevant to the story. And, and they spent so much time introducing these other characters and giving us all this backstory and detail. That was, it was really filler and it had nothing to do with the actual main characters in the story. So I do think that it's like an art and a science to character development and knowing like, wait, okay, what, what needs to be on screen for people to actually Casting. understand and fill into the story well, versus I, what can I be actually, implied. I actually studied a lot of people. And one things I got from Spike Lee is uh, mm -hmm. just pretty much pick a topic and you go for it. So I right. always wanted to do something about change because life is change. So, you know, life is about change and how hard right. it is to change. They say, write what you know. So I, I came up with change and I looked at things, all the, you know, the mistakes people make, how to write it, how to build characters. Like I said, one thing I learned from the book in jail was give your characters a goal. If you give them a goal, people will follow them because they want to see them reach their goal. Mm -hmm. So you know wow. Deuce is trying to exit the game. You know Simone is looking for love. You know Frizz wants to be a millionaire. You know Trav has a family secret. And you know Moss is trying to connect with his family. So once you have those elements there, those are five different things that everybody, but it's not, you know what I'm saying? Of course, some of them is fucking up, you know what I'm saying? But it's not about what they're doing. It's about what they're going through to make it to where they to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's the trials and tribulations because sometimes you just, you have bad situations and, you know, I'm doing it from a perspective of these dudes, you know, deuce only know about business same day as we do. Deuce mm. only know about business because he was in jail and he learned about it. Before that, he didn't give a fuck about it. It was like me, 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 take, 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 take. Mm -hmm. But now that he's, you know, awakened to everything, now it's like, yo, you know, how can we do this better? Do we have to do this? Do we have to do this? And you know what I'm saying? And it's just like, it's not good. Shout outs to Coronelli, Coronelli in the building. You better leave yeah. Moss alone, Coronelli. <laughs> Look, I, I, went to, um, I went to a screening. For, um, Spike Lee, and he did a question and answer afterwards for um, that movie, yeah, Red Hook Summer. And uh -huh. for those who haven't seen Red Hook Summer, it was a um, like a pastor in there that he was like the neighborhood pastor, but he was also a child molester. And a lot of people was like, how could you put something that horrific in the film and actually show, like, he had a scene where the intensity was ramped up so much that people were like, I know you're not going to show this. And they asked him about it in the Q&A, and he was like, one of the things about content is, he was like, if you got content that powerful, your content loses the power if you don't actually introduce it on screen. Mm. And I've always thought about that. Like when I watch films, you know, and, and there's some sort of pivotal moment in a film that people choose to stay away from showing, but it's alluded to in the storyline. Yeah. I'm like, that's really, a, that's a lost opportunity to you gotta put the uncomfortable in there. You right. gotta put the uncomfortable in there right. because right. It, it, it balances all of what's going on. So, you have you have the good parts, but then you know the tragic part needs to be there because we all go through some. It's from tragedy to triumph, and how we raise up and get out of them things. You have to show that transgression of that happening. So yeah. you know, put it in there, put it my, all in there, yeah, son. My, my characters they ain't no big drug dealers. They're struggling. They're trying to get it right. You know what I'm saying? I looked at a lot of web series. A lot of characters got $8 million, but yet they still live in the projects and don't have a car and all that other stuff. It doesn't, you know what I'm saying? A lot of the stuff don't make sense. Mm -hmm. A lot of people want to live out superhero gangster shit. 
and you know what I'm saying it's like a shootout every two seconds. I'm I'm proud. Right. Of, I'm proud that I can grab everybody's attention with not that much balance. Mm-hmm. So when it does happen, it's special. It's not just not, like I said. It's not about the balance. It's not about. I maybe mm-hmm. only show probably drugs in there once, once mm-hmm. or twice, because it's really about what their goals are. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, my achievement. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Shout outs to Rim the villain who played Frizz. Frizz wants to be a millionaire, but he has no clue how to do it. No fucking clue. No clue how to do it. He would risk it all for a dollar. Risk it all. Because of when in his childhood, he was teased as a child for being bummy. So he, in his mind, I'm never going back to that shit ever again. Right. So, how many? How? In order for you to for for you to actually produce a 30 minute episode. How much filming do you actually have to do to get a 30-minute episode? No, every, um, I learned, when I first did the actual first episode, I was scared that I was going to over, over film, mm-hmm. but that's before I found out every page equals a, a minute of screen time. Mm. And so you pretty much, like, okay. every, you know, once you figure that out, every page is a minute of screen time. So if you want to do 30 minutes, you got to do, like, 25 pages. Mm. You know, so I right. got a line that, uh, you know, you got to, uh, you know, I try to do like 45 to 55 pages. Okay. And you try to make sure, you know, you don't, you know, of, of course I made mistakes, terrible mistakes, but, you know, that's why I'm happy when I see Scorsese make a mistake. And, right. you know, I've watched Goodfellas enough to catch a majority of the mistakes in Goodfellas. Mm-hmm as far as editing, filming, and all that other shit. So, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I, I feel good when I see the big the big guys in the States. And you know what, what I'm saying? So I was like, oh, okay. You and edit? What, what? You do the editing also? Yeah. Damn. Yo, you God bless fire, you, bro. Killer. You have to handle everything, so that's what's up. <laughs> I mean, when you, don't, when you got the, when you don't have it well, actually, I do like fucking with the camera because there's, there's, there's a way to talk with the camera. Um, You know what I'm saying? Like, you could show friendship. You could show who don't like each other. Mm-hmm. You could show a lot of things from from the camera angle, you know. So, you know, whenever there's whenever there's a conversation or conflict, that's when you see the shot goes over the shoulder. Mm-hmm. That's you know, no matter what, if a girl telling the dude like don't go outside or whatever, or they having an argument, you shoot it over the shoulder, show conflict. And you know what I'm saying? There's a way where, you know, you show guys that's on the same level. You have both of them facing the camera. Mm, so that way you show their friends. The moment there's a problem, you make them. It looks like a subtle thing, but you make them turn towards each other. So there goes the conflict. Mm-hmm. And once you can show that on camera, once you figure it out, you're like, oh, shit. So now I look at movies and I see it. And I was like, oh, the, yeah, the, that makes sense. The symbol, yeah, the symbol. I see it now. Yeah. I see everything now. Like when, uh, you know, if you ever see in a movie and the camera start going around a person in a circle, that means something's not right. If you see the French tilt, something's not right. Wow, and like, they that. tell you everything was going on. It's like, oh, okay. Now I learned. So you were so, Ella, you giving us you giving us Hollywood hacks? What you doing? <laughs> now, but I've heard you, that. Well, you know what I'm saying? Once you see it, you apply it and it, it, makes, right. it, it makes it better as far as you know, like, you know, uh, Scorsese said, yeah, you have to learn how to tell, tell, tell the story with the camera, mm-hmm. you know, along with the, you know, along with the words and everything, the words will get you there, but you can tell it on camera. You can tell a power struggle. Like one of the, towards the end, when I really started getting into blocking, one of the best scenes for me is when Simone had beef with her cousin. 
Mm. Shout outs to uh, Sharice Farmer and, um, ooh, I forgot. Please don't kill me, woman. Uh, I forgot her name right now. <laughs> but, you know what I'm saying? That was a power struggle because, you know, what's the name that, um, what is like, Daydreamer? Damn. Damn, I don't want to fuck her name up, but. Yo, hey, G know, called you. He called you Illa, Illa Spielberg. Yeah. <laughs> I learned from Spielberg, too. Spielberg is an ill dude. Um, so, so it's just like when, when Simone comes to the house, she walks past her cousin. And, you know, when, she, when I follow them in the room, they're both standing up. So Simone tells her cousin, like, yo, the, you gave me this bullshit paper, da 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 So after she says it, you know, but at the point when they're both standing, that's like the power clash. But Simone mm -hmm. gives up her power the moment she sits down. So when she sits down, it looks like a regular thing, but when she sits down, she gives up her power. Mm -hmm. So now her cousin gets to talk the shit or whatever, but then Simone fights back and stands up and was like, this is bullshit. Da -da 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 -da. This is how you treat your family. I'm out. So when she was about to leave, her cousin starts clapping. When her cousin clapped, it's like, oh, she draws her back in. And she tells her the why she did it. And once again, Simone comes in and is like, I don't understand. Like, that's so petty. And she sits down again. When she sits down mm. the second time, she gave up her power entirely. And the cousin is talking right. about, now, bitch, you're going to work for me. So that scene is a whole power struggle, but it looks like a regular thing. And that's blocking. And that makes it, that makes it, you know, it makes it, to me, it makes the scene so much better it because does. of somebody that know how to film sees it. They like, oh, Illinois, what the fuck mm -hmm. he doing? Bob, that's yeah. what, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to make shit. I'm trying to get better with that, with everything. Because like I said, I talk entirely too much shit and I'm competitive as a motherfucker. <laughs> I like that you so do a breakdown at the end of each episode too. I think that's dope. Right. Yeah, I've, at one time I was definitely doing that and I stopped and a lot of people was like, why did you stop doing that? You need to keep doing that. Mm -hmm. um, you should. Season one, I definitely was giving a breakdown, yeah. Yeah, you should. So, so, right, so writing the 16, yeah. writing the 16 how, how do you compare writing the 16 to writing the script? Does it, does it, does writing a 16 or writing your rhymes or writing your lyrics, does that bleed into your creativity when creating a script? I mean, you try to, you try to write for different people. You don't want everybody to sound the same. So you, you know, once you get the character of this person, you know, this person jokes around a lot. This person don't joke around a lot. This person is very quiet. You have to keep that in mind as you write. Uh, as far as writing the 16, um, most likely, it's what it, What are you trying to say right. during the 16? Like uh, right now, at this point in time, I'm going back to, um, I'm going back to topics. And that is, you know, pretty much is almost writing the movie. But, you know, it's now you get into uh, similes and the similes right. and entendres and everything, because now, you know, I, I've seen a conversation where they were saying, like, a, a dope MC, somebody that does entendres. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I've been doing fucking entendres since <laughs> fucking high school. So I was like, so now I'm going to overdo it with the entendres. And you know what I'm saying? I have for the, you know, uh, the next project I'm doing, Dental Malt Liquor, October 14th, Illogy.net. Mm -hmm. I have a song on there called um, Umbra. And Umbra is about being in the darkness. So the whole song is about being in the shadows. And that whole shit is an entendre. Mm. Wow. How about that? Well, That's going to be dope. I was just, just by you talking about the entendres, I was thinking about what we were saying earlier about lyricism and lyricism. <laughs> 
and understanding that you don't have to necessarily be the most lyrical dude to be no. successful or to make what? great records. And it, it just made, just listening to you talk, made me think about like some of the stuff that I see. I don't know, you watch this, like the Smack Battles? Sometimes, yeah. And you see like the, the, the schemes, the entendres, the, the wordplay, like yeah. all of the stuff yeah. here. But then when you hear the songs, you'd be like, yo, what the hell, what's going on here? Yeah, because they don't, it's, it's, not, a, it's not a rhythm to it. There's no, no beat. Yeah. No when the beat changes everything. Because now you're trying to make that, now you're trying to have the, the, the great beat alongside this, you know what I'm saying, situation. And that changes. And, you know, you just don't, that's a whole different monster. Mm. So trying to fit the schemes and all that in the beat instead of actually just understanding cadence and, you know, stuff like that. That seems to be like what everybody's going with a lot now, just cadence. Like the, being a wordsmith is a value, but it seems like that people would just appreciate like it. Can you just ride the beat? Yeah. Right. yeah I mean, it's necessary. Depending on what you're saying, it's necessary. To just ride right. the beat. I did it on Hold You Down. Mm -hmm. and, sure. You know what I'm saying? It's just like sometimes you can still say what you want to say. Just, you know, ride ride the beat. And, right. and that's the difference between song and MCing. So a lot of times, you know, when you're making a song, make the song. If you're going to MC, MC. Mm. There you go. Slap holes and eat bacon, goddammit. Right. Exactly. <laughs> 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 exactly. Oh, man. Yo, you, I, you got cross promotion going on in New York Minute too, because I listened to the score. I'm like, okay, so you got the songs in here, and also you gotta get your merch in there, though. Yeah, we gotta figure that out. Put the merch in there because that, with the songs, it's like, okay, I own them. So you know, that's the best way to put your songs out there. Mm -hmm. if you own them. You know, I ain't gotta worry about you know things getting blocked and all that other stuff. You, know? you just put your own. Put your own music in there. Uh, you know, I got friends, I asked friends to be the producers to, you know, put their beat in there. And I right. showed a lot of the instrumentals. But when it comes to the songs, yeah, I can afford it because hey, yo. it's my, it's mine. <laughs> That's my shit. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. What's up, man? Nah, you, got any more, you got any more left, Sha? No, I just want to say thank you again, Ella, for pulling up and, and doing this. Oh, and no sure. I appreciate it. This is very, very dope, man. Very, yo, you. Very I'm I'm inspired by you because I'm like, God damn, like, yo, this is the hardest working hands dude in everything. Right his now, hands like. <laughs> yo, his hands is in everything. So it's in the cookie yeah. jar, it's in the refrigerators, in the cabinet. I'm actually <laughs> working on my autobiography right now. Yo, and, my, and, and the reason why I'm inspired, because in my mind, like, I've been playing where I'm like, damn, yo, I want to do a No Ideas original album, and I want to pluck, like, artists that we've interviewed and... and then I'm looking at your web series. I'm like, damn, like, yo, maybe we could write a script. Maybe we could. It's just, it's, it's inspiring and refreshing it. to Fuck see it. somebody have an idea and take that idea and be like, you know what? I'm just doing it. Like, I, I like write, that. Write what, you, write what you know, come up with a concept of it. And you know what I'm saying? What it's mainly about and pretty much stick to it. Now, there's things I, 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 I wish I would have learned. I know how to do better now for the next Mm -hmm. web series of, you know something that i i do and um and yeah like just look and study it before you do it like i really love being behind a camera seeing a story come to life that i you know i put together so there you go yeah i'm gonna put it in the you universe know. you gotta make a movie oh yeah i'm gonna do it i have, a, <laughs> I have an idea um, i'm working on a movie now called 8020 yeah you gotta you gotta you gotta put your movie out bro 
Yeah, it's called it's called eighty twenty. I'm I'm working on writing that right now. So before we Don't let you go, real quick, tell us the 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 date and the name of the new album. New project. It's an EP. New EP is called uh, Denim Malt Liquor, and it's gonna be out October fourteenth, twenty twenty two. Only on Illogy.net. You only be able to, if you join the website, you'll you be go. able to get it. That's the only way you can get it on Illogy.net. The merch, signature logo t-shirt, everything is on Illogy.net. <laughs> New York Men at Illogy.net. Everything is on Illogy.net. I have two songs that you can download for free currently on Illogy.net. One is called Walk On By, produced by Crummy Beast. The other one is called Milk Gravy, produced by Jules Polo. I love it, son. I love it. I love. I love the shit he say out his mouth, son. Milk gravy, son. Yeah. Yo, son. I parked the Maserati in the suite. Don't even talk to me. Son. <laughs> I love all that shit, G. I swear to I you, just, yo. Oh, milk gravy. I just, I just did a um, um, like an entendre. I was like seven gods, seven heavens, and seven devils. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. And uh, basically, I said seven, seven times. So seven times seven is 49, which is I'm 49 years old. And I said seven lifetimes that you die once. And that one time means that I'll be 50 soon. Also, mm -hmm. the whole, the angel seven is a powerful number because mm -hmm. the number three carry means earth. And uh, num number four is what? The heavens? Am I correctly? Yeah, no. Three is the heavens, four is soul and body. So, you know, I, that number seven always been um, mine since I was little. So you got the the angel. The first three is like the the angels, which means completion, spirituality. So right. so forth. Then I broke up the other four, and right. it all together it just means that I'm turning fifty and I'm spiritually and I'm you, on another level completed, and so on and so forth. You want to give any, you want to give any shout outs before we bounce? Uh, I want to shout out to like Snoop Dogg said me because before <laughs> believe right. in me for fuck with now. Um, you know. Shout out to everybody. I, I'm not alone in this. Everybody that helps me out, shout out my management. Um, my my love nugget, uh, please don't take that wrong. That is my manager, and that is an inside joke. Um, Annette Corrado from, you know, L.A., if you want to book me for shows, holla at um, um, high, damn, she's going to kill me, high entertainment, you know what I'm saying, rhyme fanatic, you know what I'm saying, hit her up or hit me up. You know, we want to book for a show versus everything. Um, shout out to Juice Polo. Shout out to Crummy B. Shout out to Tim, Team Demo. Shout out my two female artists, um, Pretty Bully and Fever More Fire. Make sure you check them out. They're yes, super problems. Super, super problem. Uh, Fever's from East New York. Pretty Bully is from Buffalo. And those are my those are my assassins, my female assassins. You know, before you even come in the direction of me, you need to get through them first. That's right. And yo, yo, don't forget to hit hit up Kid because he said yo DM him after this too. Oh son. yes, I, I definitely I seen it. Shout outs to uh, my boy BQ Banger. What up, my dude? Um, you know, Sumner, Slap Hosey Baker. Slap Hosey Baker, I love it, son. Elegy.net. the Elegy.net. I love it, yo. Appreciate you. Thanks everybody for tuning in to the No Ideas Original Podcast. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace, everybody. Peace. So.